You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. Welcome, everybody. We don't get the music anymore. What happened? I know. <laughs> Revenge is back. <laughs> Season two, baby. <laughs> Finally! That's right. Season 2, Episode 1, called Destiny. I am, of course, Phil Svitek from Season 1. Join alongside Season 1's... Gabrielle Loren. And Season 1's... Catherine Tulich. Hi. Welcome back. And uh, we're missing uh, Kim Lai... Yingling and Dorinda Barker, um, their fates are to be decided, or their destinies, rather. <laughs> yeah, destiny. Exactly. We, we don't know their destiny yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> speaking of that, um, we always really love the quotes, and I know Gabby's really into it. So love it. read us okay. the quote verbatim. So they've now um, stepped it up a little with actually putting text up on the screen for these quotes, in addition to Emily's. Um, but it was pretty much, destiny has two ways of crushing us. By refusing our wishes and by fulfilling them. By Henry Frederick Amiel. And uh, he's a Swiss philosopher, poet, and critic, born in uh, Geneva, 1821. And his parents died, much like Emily's, supposedly. See the irony. (laughs) So um, so I thought, and uh, he was a moral philosopher. There you go. Wow. I mean, it's a great quote. I mean, it really is true, isn't it? Sometimes you get, what you get is what you don't want. Yeah. And then... And, and just yeah. from what did you guys think of the double quote? Because it was we had that, and then yeah. Emily was talking about her. Um, so I thought it was an interesting story technique. I actually I do yeah. like Emily's quote a lot, and it seemed it was very similar the opening and the closing quote because mm-hmm. it both had to do with fate and destiny, pretty much. I don't know, and I agree with everything she said, but I think didn't she say um, to believe in destiny cannot prevent free will? Not to. Or is it, what did she say? Do you do you remember the very end? It, it, it had to do with free will and destiny. Yeah, if you believe in destiny, you can't believe in free will. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like you can't choose, you can't decide your path because it's already preordained. It's exactly. basically right. Yeah. That's the choice. Do you change well, your path? Do you accept what your path is? <laughs> that's right. And if I yeah. may take a step back just for yeah. one moment, let me ask you, did you guys enjoy the episode? Once I kind of realized how complicated, you know, once I was kind of going, wow, there is so much in this. Um, I think I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it like by the end because I feel like it's setting up a lot of stuff. I, I feel like it's one of these shows that's go, it's setting up the season. There's so much stuff in here that's going to come through. So uh, I especially enjoyed the ending. Yeah, the ending <laughs> yes. Was, yes. was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love this show, and I absolutely love it because it is so drama-filled. And each scene 
has all these juicy details and mysteries about it. And you can just, it's like never-ending plots that they can develop from each scene. And that's why I love it, because it can go in so many directions, and there's endless opportunities for revenge. Yeah, so I felt this was really a dense episode, because I think because of that, there's just so many things that are happening. So, yeah. It was. Well, let's let's start with the events in Japan and kind of take it from there, since that's in technically three months before the events that we see later on in tonight's episode. So um, Emily's back with Takeda. Different, a different, different character. character. Um, you know. I can't believe Maybe they it was just the younger him. Takeda. They just something. switched him. <laughs> or the older Takeda for that fact. You know what happens and, and uh, there's always politics involved or some, you know, it could be, I don't know what exactly is involved. We hope it's not politics, but, yeah. uh, you know, and I like that they tried to, I guess, at least hide it behind, you know, shaved head and I, I thought we wouldn't notice. <laughs> well, I thought it must have been a different person when I saw him. I thought this can't be Takeda, but then yes. we realized it actually is Takeda, just a different actor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, as verified by IMDb, of course. Right. Yes. We did check that. But, um, you know, uh, so less about the actor and, and, I guess the character then uh, he had an interesting quote she's got to let go of it's it's not the uh, the wood that's binding her down it's herself and herself. she's got to let go of that her, still her own fears wasn't it something about still yeah. her own fears yeah but yeah. at the same time I do have to say towards the end of the episode Takeda was kind of giving up on her he didn't think that she could be guided anymore but the Barry Sloan character was the new character the yeah. new character introduced to you'll find about out about more in our news and gossip he uh, pretty much said I won't allow her to make the same mistakes I did so he's still pushing for her and wants to help her so he's a significant part of this um, season two and I, I feel like the biggest theme of revenge has always been when you're going after revenge there's a balance and there's a chaos and you know how many times have we discussed in season one that Emily's been close to hitting full chaos and spinning out of control and you know I guess now the question is is that you know is that because that's your fate or is that your free will and all that? And so we'll explore this in a different way with season two, hopefully. So we can assume, I mean, with this, we're a year, this is a year later. Yeah. This episode started. So we assume that basically Emily went back to get more training because, or more guidance, right, from Takeda. Is that why she oh. was going through this kind of exercise of nearly being drowned? Is that what we're assuming? No, I think it, it seemed like to me yeah. that she was doing some type of method mm. to help her to remember who her mother was and details about her mother so that she, I guess she can find her. And it would so help. I was saying she went back to Takeda to try and get... But I don't know if that was like a... I think it was a guiding to just help her solve whatever thing she's on to next in regards to her mother because if you notice the whole drowning... Um, herself seen in the water and being tied up was mm. she was picturing her mother in the hospital and remembering yeah. all of those scenarios but, uh, that were going on I'm, when she was I'm, visiting her mother. I agree with Catherine and I think you know Emily just couldn't stay there anymore. Yeah. She just had to get out as far away and, and I guess are they in Japan? I mean that's as far away from the Hampton as and theoretically you can get. Yeah. That's halfway across the world. And I think she's assuming a different path. I, don't, I think in a way she kind of had given the Grayson's thing. Has she's kind of let go a little bit. She's pursuing another path of trying to find her mother. I think that's how this show started. Changed. Yeah. She's she's actually pursuing mm. a different path. Yeah, whereas season yeah. one was the father and, mm. and you know, um, doing that. Now it's more focused on the mother. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, guys, for those of you returning to season two with us, uh, we thank you guys for their, those of you who have commented on iTunes. We uh, hope that more of you guys do. And if you're new to the show, 
comment and rate on iTunes. It it, uh, it helps us make the show better. You know, re- really be detailed as you can be. So that way, at the end of the day, we want to deliver the best content for you guys. And by you guys being truthful and honest and going into the, those details, um, we can better structure our show. If maybe you guys want to hear about more about Nolan, we can give you that. <laughs> but we don't know if you, you know, hungry mouse. Quiet mouths don't get fed, as they say. So we hope you rate and comment. And uh, also the big thing that helps us out is just tell a friend. You know, a lot of you guys have been doing that, and we appreciate it. So just continue that trend, and uh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. right, let's. The biggest question was always how are they going to handle Victoria's death, you know, going into season two. And, and as we know and have talked about in season one, the ultimate end of Revenge is going to be her Emily versus Victoria, and therefore she cannot be dead. Oh, right. No. We did mention that in season one on our podcast. Did anyone really think Victoria was dead? Come on. Did you really think I that? I did not at, think. At any, at any time, even at the end of last season? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but you know what? I did go into... At the end of last yeah. season, I, I agree yeah. with you, Catherine. That's yeah. what my mindset was. However, it's been so long since we've been watching. It was last fall. Yeah. So I came into this season, too, just forgetting about what I thought, what it was. Coming in, watching this as a fresh person, fresh-faced, and thinking, Victoria's gone, and I'm going to miss her. And I really kind of went over the head. You know what I Not mean? Not for long. Until I looked up my news and gossip. But <laughs> I mean, she's the major cast member. They weren't just going to get rid of well, her. Well, it was funny, because in the screening room, we were talking about this, and you mentioned, what do you mean? Like, she, she's in this season, she's on the cast, and I was like, well, maybe she's coming back in flashbacks. Yeah. Well, been the, she'll be yeah. in both. Yeah. You know, not, I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. Um, a question for me would have been, like, how would it have been if they didn't bring her back to episode four or five and just yeah, teased that, that would have nah, been? I must admit, I, I, I yeah. actually expected maybe we would just get a flashback or something this this show and we might they might tease that she's coming back and we'd yeah. find out. But you're right, they actually brought it in pretty quickly by the end of this episode. Yeah, because I mean, they just went right into it. It was like, bang, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, but hey, you know what? I'm, I'm glad she's back and... Uh, so we couldn't do without her for very long. Come on. <laughs> no, no, we couldn't. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about the framing aspect of it, in, mm-hmm. in, in the sense of what everything that led to this. I mean, it was from season one. It was just so crazy. And uh, I know Gabby, you wanted to speak to this about how it inspired and where it leaves us now. So pretty much, they framed Victoria. Victoria's death, I think, to save her in a sense, because Conrad ordered this plane explosion. And wanted, he even, he blatantly said to Victoria, like, you get on that plane, it will be the last time. What do you, it'll, it'll be, be the last, last thing you do. Last thing you do. So he pretty much was, like, hinting at you better not get on that plane or you're going to die. And you better think about, you know, this family and how you're going to proceed with everything. But obviously she still wanted to go with plan and testify against him. However, the government backed her up, put her in, I guess, I don't know, hiding. What is it, like Secret well, Service? Well, that, that's the interesting part is yeah. who saved her. Uh, well, yeah. Well, you saw, I mean, the, well, the, the gray haired guy. The gray haired guy was supposed, remember in the last season? He la- set up the he's set up, Well, he was the one fiddling with the plane. That was yeah. the last, yeah. one of the last he scenes. So he set up the plane. He set up the plane. So, But he saved her as well. Saved her as well. Did he get her off the plane before? Being, well, the- she must have, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll find that out later in the season how she actually got off the plane. But, that also brings me to the question, did they take the evidence, which I'm sure they did if he saved her knowingly. She probably grabbed the evidence she needed to grab and leave with it. Well, the point was that they're also, they themselves were the evidence. 
you know, because they yeah. could testify. Right, but they also had the hard drive yeah. that had all the information on it. That is also true. Setting everybody up. And nobody made a copy? No. <laughs> no, well, Nolan, Nolan backed up the drive, but there was other things in that yeah. briefcase yeah. that also related to the scenario. So, But well, this is interesting because it, it seems like the government at this point is supposedly helping, right? But then there's, there seems to be this other kind of evil force trying to kind of bring them down as well that's beyond um, Conrad because that mm. that was hinted at in the last season that it's, it doesn't stop at Conrad. There's some other kind of... There is. It's a yeah, big corporation. It's a big corporation. The Americon Corporation. But honestly, now I'm kind of second guessing, is the government really involved? Like yeah, you're saying, Phil, because the grey-haired guy is working with Victoria, right? But yeah. we see him as like a protagonist and an antagonist mm. throughout season one so because he's one minute he's working for Grayson because Grayson ordered the murder of Clark and he carried that out yeah but then the next minute he's working with Victoria yeah. against Conrad so it's got to be who's paying the most like <laughs> what else could it be that he's been working for both of them because then he could turn on Victoria at any moment and and also the interesting, uh, obviously he knows uh, Emily's real identity because they had that quarrel. Of course, yes. You know, that, that was the sort of climax yeah. at, at the end of season one. And, you know, to your point, Catherine, I think what they really did with all of this episode is mm. just reset the whole mystery. Yeah. You because know, whatever conclusions we had yeah. are now out the window. Because if he knows Emily's real identity, he obviously hasn't told Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, why, why, why isn't he? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're right. It's very confusing. Who is he working for? It's <laughs> very confusing. I mean, I, I can, I can. The reason why I don't think, you, you know, there's certain cards that you don't play until the time is right. Mm. You know, and whether it is money or whether um, he he is blackmailing Victoria in whatever sense for whatever gain. You know, you, you don't typically give that information up until there's a huge benefit to it, mm. or you've got a lot to lose, and that's your only way out. So. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation, and I wonder if, I mean, we obviously know Conrad's going to find that out she's alive, and I wonder if then this gray-haired guy's going to turn against Victoria as well, and she's going to go down the tubes. But, but I sort of wondered if, I, 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 we're assuming Conrad didn't know, but it was just that interesting, that line when they were doing the memorial on the boat. Yes. He said to Thank Charlotte, uh, basically, as she... And she said, but this is, it's not, it's a tribute. You said, not a eulogy. Eulogies are for funerals. Right. So he made that kind of big hint of like, this is not her funeral. So maybe Conrad's in on this the whole time with the gray haired guy and really does know she's alive, but has to wait till the right moment until he can approach it. Um, the, re- the reason, this is not a spoiler because mm. we saw it in the preview. The yeah. reason why I don't think that's the case is because um, he says to her, uh, oh, the devil didn't even want you. So <laughs> I love that line. That was great. <laughs> so I don't think he knows that he's alive. But it was it was a nice hint to the audience. Yeah. Um, and then I wonder what her motive is now next. Is she going to continue with testifying or is there something else that she's after? Maybe she at the same moment wants to find the mother of Emily or I guess Amanda, but Emily. You know, maybe there. Maybe she's turning motives too. Well, let me ask you guys. Because how could she testify if she's dead, right? Yeah. Oh, they just say she's bring her out. She's alive. <laughs> well, there. I mean, eventually it might be exposed to everybody, but who knows if they'll keep it a secret still? Yeah. But either way, she's claiming she's dead, and to come back from the dead at any point is really like even when after you're protected by the government, you frame a death like you kind of can't come out of that. 
So I'm wondering what's next because if, like if it really did, I know it's a show, but if it really was like this in real life, she wouldn't come back out and say like, actually, I'm alive, guys, and then testify in court. Well, so let me like, ask how you do you like? What's so, the motive? Well, well, let's let's get into the motive, and and uh, we I think it's through Charlotte. And the reason why I think that is obviously they've been oh. communicating, and yeah. then uh, later on in the episode, Good Victoria point. says there's more to this girl, and she could bring it down or whatever. So, w- what is why have them why have they been communicating? What what does this all mean to you guys? You mean Victoria, and, Victoria Charlotte. and Charlotte? So, do you think Victoria's trying to protect Charlotte, or she's in? I mean, obviously Charlotte has been uh, well, she's been in recovery, and we're assuming she has recovered, but they're not letting that. They're not letting her out. I mean, she's been put back in, framed again from, you know, the drugs. But are you assuming that Victoria is in on that or is against No, that? against I it. Mm. I think she's against it because Conrad's communicating with Dr. Thomas, mm. who is framing that she's still on drugs. The, the drug test came back. She took hydrocodone. And, um, and pretty much he finds the cell phone acts like, in front of Charlotte's face, acts like it's a drug dealer, but then calls Conrad and says, we don't know who she's communicating with, but it could be. This is where I think they're suspicious that Victoria is still alive, obviously, in this section. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. they're in on something, and I think Conrad knows that, you know, because, I mean, I get, bet you they didn't find bones or something, because even if a body burns, you should still find remains, right? Uh, depends what, I don't know, depends. Uh, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, can bones burn completely? Did they find the wreckage? They, they, that, that, that's what they were yeah, doing for, in, the, right? in, the, in the first part yeah. of the, yeah. No, the first part was the Amanda. Oh. No, no, no. No, it was, it was the plane, then it switched to Amanda, right? Oh, it yeah. switched to Amanda, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, still, why, how did, what, what I guess I want to know from you guys is how Charlotte and Victoria got in communication, why they're in communication, what does this mean? Because I think, you know, as a mother, it's the only person she really has left. It's her blood. And it's also um, Victoria's only way of still keeping David Clark's memory alive is Charlotte. Is it also because she trusts Charlotte? She doesn't trust. I think she trusts Charlotte she, as well. She, she, that is the only one she trusts now. Like, I mean, she can't because in the last season, um, you know that um, Daniel. He, she, she knew that he was on the father's side, right? So yeah. she knew she can't trust her son anymore. Is it because she still thinks the daughter may be the only one she can trust? Yeah, and, and I mean, I guess from Charlotte's perspective, is is it that the mother's now trying to right or wrong? You know, because yeah. I was Charlotte's head is just so confused by all of these events. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the what the exact angle is. Um, but again, they they've done a really fine job of setting up so many mysteries. But Conrad, I mean, we're thinking what believing Conrad has wants to keep her in that asylum or drug rehab area because of the inheritance, or there's more to it. Uh, I think the inheritance. I think there may be more to it, but right now it's the inheritance. Yeah. Um, he wants the money, so he's going to frame her as being crazy again. Yeah. Because uh, I think or yeah. unmentally unstable, whichever. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's move on. But uh, before we do, I want to talk about uh, for those of you guys listening. Um, if you're like us, you like a lot of TV shows, right? 
Yeah, of course. Like, oh, let's kind of get enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys made a joke, but I know how much TV you guys actually watch. No, I actually meant it. I mean, it's a joke. I watch a lot of TV. Um, <laughs> I love TV, though. I really do. And so for the, those of you guys at, at home listening, um, I'm sure you guys know this, but just a nice friendly reminder with the new fall lineup starting on TV, that of course reflects here at AfterBuzz TV, and we're doing close to 50 shows right now, and and as the next weeks start up with more shows, we'll probably be up to like 55 shows a week. And so if there's a show that you like, we're probably doing it. And if there's a show that you like and we aren't doing it, we sincerely, sincerely apologize. (laughs) But let us know, because you never know, maybe some host will jump on it and we can bring it to you guys. That's right, but you got to go to AfterBuzzTV.com and find out whether or not we're actually doing your show. Yep. Because hooray if we are, and exactly. uh, just let us know if we're not. And search it on iTunes, and you'll know right from there as well. That's right. So, and tell a friend as always. Just like with iTunes, tell a friend. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about, I really like how Nolan and Emily teamed up again. Well, let's talk about Nolan uh, uh, bulking up, well, he's trying to bulk up. Oh, God, yeah, what Nolan had a new, like, body on this season. Whoa, what happened? He's like a six-pack now. <laughs> he's looking hot. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, when I first saw him, I was like, mm, Nolan's shaping up. He looks good. Yeah. He doesn't remind, like, before he was that, like, preppy, nerdy guy, and now mm. he's more of, like, the stud. Exactly. Yeah, Even though you training. saw his nerd tendencies, though, when he, like, spun around Emily yeah, yeah. In, the, in the boxing rink area. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, oh no, bad shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after season one's events, yeah. as he points out with Tyler and all that, like, he's, he's got to change some things up. Yeah, exactly. He's training <laughs> now. They're all changing it up. <laughs> he looks like, I felt like he kind of looked a little kind of more chiseled, too. Did you feel that he was kind of. Well, probably because his hair, too. He got a little haircut. Yeah, he was looking yeah, a little so. different. The yeah. whole structure's looking They nice. all look different. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean, we could spend a whole show on everybody's like kind of appearance and and even just every scene but Mm. everyone did look slightly different yeah you know um even everybody declan jack emily nolan obviously um but they go back to the hamptons yes and i like this tag team it leads them to the asylum so i want to talk about that because this was the scene (laughs) that confused us the most i think yeah it was very very confusing yes um so when we got in there, all right, well, how did we ultimately deduce it? It was um, that they, they were keeping Emily's mother there. Yeah. All right, let's be specific here. They were at a hospital that Emily's mother used to stay in. It was... Um, it was called Angel. Angel of Mercy Hospital. And in August of 93, the patients were reassigned and the hospital was closed down. Right. And so the mother of Emily had stayed at this hospital and um, we don't really know exactly what like they don't really get into what happened after she was reassigned. So it's kind of a mystery after that point. But Emily goes with Nolan to find out what exactly happened here, like why, who was checked in, who visited. So they check out the patient records. Right. Which was the confusing part. Well, they see the, her bed, and then obviously, you know, they we, find the, the bed. Yeah, the well, speak bed, to this because which yeah. I'm gonna then yeah, point you, something. Yes, out. you were very good picking that up. So I mean, usually <laughs> yeah. it takes me a second watch to find yeah. something like this, but if you pay close attention in this first episode, you will see that when Emily is touching the straps 
that um, restrained her mother in the hospital. She was feeling them, and they had the infinity sign, like, scratched into the strap. Mm. So if that's not symbolism for you, I don't know what is. So who scratched it in? Do we assume The mother or David David Clark? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, because if if you're to assume that the mother did it, then the mother started that trend and passed on that kind of symbol and philosophy and whatever else, you know, that comes to mean. And then David took it and he only passed it along. But then if you assume that David was the one who started that, then you're assuming different things, you know? Yeah, when he came to see her. I almost wonder what the actual present symbolism of that is though if that's supposed to mean well this is still going on honey like I am not dead type of idea or if it means something else but I'm curious to find out like what you think they- it might be it might have been a symbol the mother left for uh, Emily Amanda to find <laughs> yeah well, like may- exactly like maybe it was there for a reason mm. to to pretty much let them know listen I am not dead I'm not gone yeah I'm not gone yeah it could be that and and as you guys always say every line of dialogue means something else and it could be a matter of also like if I teach you guys, like, let's say you guys are little kids and mm. whatever, I'm your father. So I'll make this weird, but let's just use it, right? And I introduce a symbol into your guys' life as like, yeah. hey, this means that, you know, we're all family, blah, blah. Mm. But then later on, uh, through all of this, it, you know, um, you guys find out. What, <laughs> this is just getting weird. But uh, you guys just, just let you go. Come on. <laughs> right. That there's these family secrets and uh, uh you know, um, documents and blah blah, yeah. and you cont- and then that symbol that you know I I create a fake meaning for you come to realize is a key to all of this, and it opens up and blah blah. So I think that's what this infinity symbol is now taking on is that yeah. there are clues to lead you to something to um, whether it's a treasure chest, whatever it is. Yeah. That- I don't know. That will probably the ultimate truth. Yeah. No, maybe that will lead her to her mother. And she kept that strap because we see her later on holding yeah, it. Yeah, she kept it. She kept it. So she took it from the hospital. Yeah. She kept it. That, yeah. that symbol may um, prove that it's going to lead her to her mother. Maybe she'll find it in other places. Yeah. And, then, you know, that that's what I was trying she'll to She'll find out where she was reassigned. Go there. There will be another symbol. <laughs> Maybe a journal. It's like little breadcrumbs, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and then Victoria was somehow involved. She's she's the this is where this it just, is where it gets well. The thing that made it confusing was the fact that they said, um, you know, he saw Charlotte Clark. Yes. Now, Who Charlotte, Charlotte kind of went off a little. Charlotte, Charlotte Clark, Clark is, of course, in reality, the real Charlotte because that would be her father's that, name. Yeah, that would be Victoria and David Clark's daughter. Daughter. That's right. And but she had Parkinson's. <laughs> so, so it didn't make any sense. So it must be a different Charlotte Clark. Yes. However, our assumption was that maybe it's Victoria and they tried to make it seem as though she was mentally unstable or or that she had a problem. Didn't we say that? That maybe it was Victoria and he was but they tried to make it seem like there was that she was someone she wasn't so that she'd be protected. Yeah. I got from it that, you know, they were looking at the records of who came to visit the mother before um, you know, and David Clark was the first visitor, right? And it was just before. No, but David Clark. It was the rooms that David was visiting. Oh, so you, oh, so you're saying? Oh, because I thought. Here's, I'm gonna give a shot, fans. If you guys are yeah. listening, I know you guys are gonna 
berate us for this, but the, part of the whole thing that we like to do here at AfterBuzz, yeah. we like to start the conversation, not mm-hmm. necessarily complete it. Yeah. So uh, if we're getting all of this wrong, if you have a different theory, let us know. Um, and in fact, I, I I urge you to give an opinion because this was, this was the most. The one. Com- this was the stump stump. This is what really stumped us tonight. It was, and, and yeah. I think the tough part was that that Charlotte exists, and Charlotte, yeah, Clark is Charlotte but the Clark. Parkinson's lawn kind of just threw us, right? But yeah. I have to say, what's so strange about this is the fact that the mother, um, what's her name, Clark? What's the oh, mother's name? Kara Kara Wallace. Car- Carol okay. Wallace Clark. Carol Wallace Clark. Played by Jennifer Jason Lee, great actress. Right, which is Emily's mother who was mm. in the hospital restrained. Um, what's weird about this is that all of Emily's memories are of her being so torn from her father's arrest. But never once is it like uh, she's upset about her mother being taken away from her at the same time. Like if the focus for the whole season one was never about like I miss my mother. There was no flashbacks to her mother. Because I guess they didn't introduce it to Lee. We but, never really... But at the same time, like, why wouldn't Emily have those memories and think, like, have a close bond with her mother? Why wouldn't that be a relationship? It was only about the father the entire time. It was like Emily had didn't care about the mother. Oh, take the mother away! Like I assume the mother wasn't around that much. Like she obviously was locked up for quite a while. I mean, I'm assuming she didn't see much of her. But she seemed like pretty torn apart when you see the flashbacks, and she's like, "Mommy," and like you, you would think that. Those would be impacting her as but well. But I think I think she she felt all of that was affected because of what happened to David Clark, and now yeah. that again we're peeling away the layers. Now all this is starting to make more sense or less sense, and therefore everyone's more <laughs> or uh, less uh, sense. No, but I, I think that that's also a possibility. It's, it's making less sense, and it's like, wait, you know what? What I might have thought didn't have anything to do with it i.e. my mother now actually has everything to do yeah. with it and like oh my that's god thinking, now yeah. this makes sense of my memory of my mother like this yeah that's why we're the- seeing the memories now i agree with you yeah, yeah. i think that makes sense because i think the mother she thought assumed had was dead now she knows she isn't dead so now she's like going piecing it together so that's what we're seeing the process of now yeah. exactly which we didn't see in the first season yeah correct yes so um, and what this whole uh, her being insane means, I don't know, because clearly she's not. And uh, well, yeah. And Nolan mentions later that he thinks Victoria was the one that put her in there. That was another. Sort I don't think thing. so. I wouldn't say clearly she's not insane because we don't know the background of the mother. But okay, I I can't say clearly because there's nothing clearly okay, with the show. Did you see the parallels here of Charlotte being Charlotte's being locked away as well now? So that, like it's, that's how they get that's how they remove people. They knock them up and. Say they're crazy? That's, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's actually a good point. Yeah, and, yeah. and the reason why for me it was clearly is yeah. because when when young Emily is there and she's seeing the mother, and the mother says, you know, I don't want her seeing me like this. <clears throat> um, therefore, it's like a willing, you know, she's willing in here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm assuming the mother. I mean, we don't know yet, but I'm assuming the mother was put there for a reason, and she wasn't crazy. Yeah. They've locked her away, like they're trying to do now with Charlotte. They basically, it was done for a reason. It wasn't because she was nuts. <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, also, so through all of this, they later on, um, or Charlotte and obviously Emily communicate. See, this, this is the other weird part. They've been in communication via letters, Charlotte and Emily. And that's because Emily has a soft spot for her and knows the truth. That her, that's her. Who knows it's her half sister. Yeah, Charlotte, so I think she has Charlotte that nurturing aspect. That's right. But, but and then, so let me ask you this: from a story 
Like, what would they be communicating about? And She's wh- keeping the contact, I think. Just as a caring, knowing, yeah. almost sister-in-law, I suppose, was kind of the... Yeah. Like, to her, it was someone special because she knew her whole family, had a bond with her brother. They were engaged. However, for Emily, it's a little more serious because mm. that's her blood. Yeah. Well, whatever they've been corresponding about, clearly Charlotte trusts her and she revealed a yes. huge, huge secret to her. Yeah, she Definitely. did. Which leads us to Victoria and... <clears throat> Excuse me. Still being alive. Still being alive. Hmm. Held in this cottage somewhere. <laughs> in the woods. I mean, the at woods. that point, everything just happened so fast. I know. It was like, oh, fast forward, quick. <laughs> um, so... Uh, just so There's much. so much going on in this episode, so we feel like all over the place right now. Yeah. Because it's like, God, I had three pages of notes just from tonight's episode of just things. But like in terms of in terms of Emily and Victoria catching up, um, you know, I, I I almost wish it went a little bit slower. You know, just just so so we can uh, observe all this. And you could play those certain moments like Victoria and um and Emily meeting for the first time, like there was that initial shock, and then I think mm. we went to commercial and then came back, and then they were talking. I feel like that could have been a bigger moment, you know. Well, I almost felt like that, you know, when you she, Charlotte whispered in her ear, that could have almost been a tease to the next show, but they just kind of like moved it on, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that could have been the tease to what did it's like we found out really quickly what she told her. It wasn't any kind of like suspense with that. Pretty well, bang, the next scene was, there's Victoria. I don't understand why Victoria would try and take out Emily, being that Emily is willing to help her. I would think that she would use Emily to help her with Charlotte, at least being that now she knows Charlotte has lost contact with her, especially. And she will to a certain degree. And But she wants her to be killed, pretty much. Like She told the gray-haired guy who's working with her to get rid of her, do the same thing. Well, now that she's a liability... Um... And this is this is where it's going to get interesting because clearly um, Victoria doesn't know the truth while the gray-haired man does. Yes, exactly. And what decision is he ultimately going to make with this knowledge? Mm, exactly. <laughs> uh, it just gets or crazy. Emily. Or Emily. Um, also, I want to know... Uh, I don't know. Just <laughs> There's so much. I, Do you want to go into Jack and Amanda? Yeah, let's talk about that. This is an easy one. Okay. Um, well, Amanda and the baby bump, yes. Amanda and the baby bump. I like how um, you know Nolan planted that seed in us as the audience of like, hey, yeah. did, did uh, Takedo also give her the baby, baby bump? bump? Yes. <laughs> and then they brought that back up, you know, when Emily questioned it with Jack. I was like, are you sure that baby's yours? Well, let's also talk about the fact that Jack is in a pretty bad state, isn't he? I mean, he is not. He's not happy. He's not happy. He thinks he's with the love of his life, but he knows he's not really in love. As as Declan, his brother's pointing out, this is not someone you love. But Which he's I don't trying understand. to convince himself that. But he's still trying to convince himself that this is Amanda. He thinks it's Amanda, so he's trying to think this is the love of my life. I should be in love with her. But I feel like he's like over it now. But at the same time, last season, he was willing to, like, murder somebody for her and take the blame, you know, or, like, take the blame for a murder. But um, also, I mean, part of of it is is the fact that, you know, for—imagine yourself, you're trying to convince yourself for years that, you know, whatever the thing—like, this is the person that he loved and and he thought about her for— 
basically how many years? Maybe 20 mm. or sorry, 10 more. But yes, we know the number. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't have to make it up. So 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and then she finally comes back. And then, you know, you can't just say to yourself like, well, shoot, this isn't the person. So wow. 10 years was. wasted. Huh? Yeah, that's you right. know, and so you have to kind of convince yourself a little bit further of like, you know what? Yeah, and so he's trying to convince himself once, well, in the earlier scenes, that, well, once the baby comes, it'll be fine. Like, he's trying to kind of convince himself it's all going to be all right. But you can clearly see this is not going to be all right. Yeah, and, um, and, and plus yeah. he's got the weight of the first season. I mean, he mm-hmm. was on trial, you know, yeah. he, was, he was getting accused of murder and all these things. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's heavily involved in this plot, too. It seems as though he's just a people pleaser and he wants to make everyone happy, as he said in the episode. So he's just doing what he thinks is right by Amanda, that she's pregnant, I'm the father, and I need to take care of them. And that it goes across the board with any situation he's involved in because he just wants to make everybody happy. But what do you think this whole sort of Takeda has been training Amanda, the fake Amanda, and that she's supposedly Emily's ally. Do you believe that? Because remember, um, Emily says that's what, like, she, yeah. she says she doesn't really trust that. So yeah. what, again, what is really going on with fake Amanda? Mm, maybe it's a distraction for Jack so he doesn't get involved with what's going on. It could be, uh, you know, obviously part of the slip up was because she started to fall in love and, and all that. So... I don't know. I, I think Takeda has been trying to protect her from falling in love with Jack again. Yes, so bringing Amanda back pregnant means that he too. has to not, he can't focus on Emily anymore. I just want to know if the baby is going to be Asian. <laughs> That's what I'm not. Oh, well, I, guess, I guess it could be. I mean, Takeda could have literally like, given Takeda it. Takeda didn't like drug Jack and say like, do it now. You know what I mean? I wonder if Takeda like planted that seed. <laughs> Hopefully they just Literally used. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys! That's uh, right. But um, telling it like it is, Catherine. You made you made a good point about that both both the guys from Emily's past are absolutely miserable. Miserable, falling apart, absolutely falling apart, aren't they? Jack's falling apart, knowing he's in a relationship he thinks should be right but isn't with Amanda, and then of course we've got poor Daniel now stuck with. Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> oh, Ashley's kind of turned into, uh, uh, you know, the guy we all, you know, the, I, I'm, I can't, the, the character we all hated in the first season. Victoria. No. Mm, but she is acting Lydia? like. Lydia? Yeah. Like, who? <laughs> I don't know. So, but Ashley's now the one that we go, oh, my God. She is like oh, I know so you're manipulative. Yes. The she, guy that died. Yeah. Him, sorry, sorry guys. I forgot, guy. his, yeah, I forgot his character's name. But um, but Ashley's turned into um, that sort of person. We're going, oh, she is just so manipulative. She's just such a gold digger. She's so fake. She's so... I mean, she every, really time, is. every time she comes on screen now, I go, oh, Ashley. But <laughs> I love, though, how Conrad says to Daniel, yeah. why don't you stick with Emily? Like, Emily is much more suited. Yeah. You and know? this fluffy. Uh... Yeah, I loved how he said that. It was so funny because Ashley's, like, been a part of the family forever and has worked for him, and yet he still doesn't approve of her. And I'm like, oh, And he my made that God. crack that, you know, but he said, oh, but Emily kind of cheated on him. And, and, and the father says, well, you think Ashley wouldn't kind of? He might kind of insinuates. Wow. No, she wouldn't, actually. (laughs) I don't think she would. Uh, Not unless it was to get ahead, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, for me, 
I mean, I I don't understand how you guys don't see the comparison of Ashley to Victoria because she's acting, she's walking around that house like Victoria. She is, but she still seems like a pushover to me. Like I feel like Victoria's a much stronger woman oh, much than Ashley. Stronger. Oh, far more stronger. Like Ashley's a wannabe. Oh, that's what I'm saying. She's a yeah. wannabe. She's not yet. Yeah. Victoria's okay. the real deal. Real Ashley's deal. a wannabe. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll accept that answer. I feel like Emily is more like Victoria because if you notice, yeah. they're both very successful and they're and they're very secure in yeah, who they are. They're more parallel than. Yeah, Ashley I think you're right. Yeah, Ashley is like yeah, something's just gonna get her. I mean. <laughs> I don't see her lasting too long. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, before we get into news and gossip and things like that, all right, let's talk about um, let's talk about Conrad's plot um, with the money and the trust funds, and that's why Charlotte, um, you know, we're that's why Charlotte is sticking where she's sticking, and obviously we have um, we have Daniel not going with what Conrad wants, but rather against it, and this does not please Conrad. Right. So you think Daniel's kind of suddenly getting a more of a conscience about? Um, you know what was interesting? I was I was doing a lot of revenge research, and uh, they, they the, all the cast was joking about how Daniel's not really the revenge type right now. He, everyone seems to have their plots and things yeah. like that and suspicions, and Daniel's going to get there. He's just not there yet. He's he, he's almost like thick <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> They didn't say that, but that's what they were implying. He's still sort of the innocent in a way, even though he's he's trying to be kind of, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so. um, I just hate Conrad. I think he's so conniving and he does not care about anybody in his family because you see he's even trying to like persuade Daniel to put all of his money into an investment within the company and to show the community that that's still worth the money to invest and the yeah. time. And I just, I hate that because it's like, what are you saying? Because if that company goes down tomorrow, he's going to lose everything. And Well, that's why we're going to protect that company no matter what. And not only that, but I mean, obviously now he's going after his own daughter, well, stepdaughter's, you know, inheritance from the mother. And that's why he's keeping her in rehab. Yeah. So obviously there, there's more to play there. But, uh, for type, father. <laughs> let's, uh, we have some very exciting news and gossip. Yes. So, news for September 30th. Well, we find out in this... Spoiler alert, by the way, guys. So if you do not want to hear the next few minutes, you should probably, like, tune out for, like, a little while. Um, Spoiler alert! (laughs) Spoiler alert! It's pretty serious. Spoiler alert! (laughs) So, Nolan is um, actually bisexual. In this season, he has a love triangle between a female and a male, and the female is Padma. Not sure who plays that. I'll have to look that up. Um, And then another male that is brought into the story and the equation. So uh, he deals with that this season. On Emily's former flame, Barry Sloan, who we saw on this episode with Takeda, um, comes into play. And I think she has to deal with the challenges of a former flame coming in. And I guess she had a attachment, a strong attachment to him as well. Um, uh, do you yeah. want to comment on that? Yeah, I've actually just got a... Uh, Emily did an interview, uh, Emily Van Camp, the actress, did an interview. And she said there's a new interesting character, Aiden, played by Barry Sloan. He's the only other real love that she's experienced who comes back into her life to help her. He's betrayed her in the past, so she's very resistant. What's fun about these two is that they're equals, both trained in revenge, both fighters who have shared an equal amount amount of pain so they can challenge each other as much as they can be vulnerable with each other. There's a slight Mr. and Mrs. Smith element to this. Oh, that's so hot. Yeah. 
<laughs> so there should be some interesting stuff coming up with uh, with Aiden, played by Barry Sloan. I like it. I think she needs a bad guy that can keep up with her anyway. Yeah, that's true. Right? The guys, the other guys are kind of wimps, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. Jack's a little bit of a pee and, yeah. and Daniel just sucks all around. Yeah. He's cute, though. <laughs> Um, but also in the news and gossip, uh, obviously we found out Victoria is not dead. But, spoiler again, uh, Victoria knows that Emily's mom is alive. She knows. Okay. So that can play into this plot that we're trying to figure out. So she knew whatever happened and went down to that hospital. She knew a while ago that her mom was still alive. And um, there is going to be a Victoria versus Emily's mother face-off. And apparently... The mother is is still mentally unstable, so I think she has a real disorder because they mentioned about facing a mentally. But the the mother is a good fighter. We know this. <laughs> yeah, we know this because they mentioned in the episode that you must take after your mother, right? Yeah. To Emily, they said that. So I don't know, but those are pretty good spoilers, I think, and I'm looking forward to this season. And uh, Catherine, you have some uh, some stories from the Emmys. Yes. Well, I was uh, delighted to actually. <laughs> yes, I ran into Emily Van Camp, and obviously very much in love with her. There, there. so Isn't that cute. cute. We're bringing Everyone up the photo so as we speak. Oh, so there's there's cool. Catherine in the middle for those of you guys listening. Uh, Emily is on uh, the 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 right. The right. right. And, and Joshua Bowman, uh, gorgeous English actor who plays Daniel Grayson. This is at the Governor's Ball, right? The Governor's Ball. This was walking into the after the Emmy, just straight after the Emmy had finished at the Nokia Theatre. You walk, we walked into the convention centre, which was the Governor's Ball, and uh, they were walking in as I was walking in, and I, yeah. And uh, what's so cute about this photo is that obviously Emily is very tall, <laughs> and she, you know, she was so sweet. She kind of ducked down to be. I, I thought that was very sweet because I've had pictures taken with other people before, and they just kind of like stand. And they're very uninterested. She seems very she friendly. She was so sweet. And I just thought that really just shows how sweet she is because she kind of made sure she was down at my level because I'm so much shorter than her. Complete opposite <laughs> of her character on Revenge. She's actually a nice person. And everyone has said that, you know. And I mean, yeah. she's saying she's not talking about the relationship, but I mean, it's kind of like the worst kept secret because they're being photographed everywhere from Beachwood Cafe and to Los Feliz to like, and they just cannot get the hands off each other. It's so sweet. And, and just after this photo was taken, they they walked in front of me and she was just touching, kissing, and I actually shot a, I shot a little bit of TMZ secret video kind of style. They didn't know they were being filmed. <laughs> so, but it was just such a cute moment where, you know, Emily leaned over and kind of kissed him and gave him a little. It was so sweet. And so you can fo- just see they're just totally the photo crazy we'll post about on each other. Facebook.com slash TV. So check that out there yeah. if you guys are listening. The, the, and we'll post the video as well for both. The, right, the viewers yeah. and uh, listeners. Exclusively on AfterBuzz. And also, when you met them, did you tell them that you host an after show for Revenge? No. That slipped your but, mind? No, but, no, I will be interviewing uh, Emily. If, if the fans rate and comment more, next time it might not slip. Okay. <laughs> But I do have an opportunity, not this week, but the following week. I will be interviewing Emily Van Camp and Madeline Stowe. So, oh, good. So, well, you uh, should let them know. I'll yeah. definitely let. We them should know. get Catherine some business cards. <laughs> that's what we all should right. do. <laughs> and uh, that's all the news and gossip, correct? That is. And you guys, please check out the videos and let us know what you think about their, the cute couple you right. just saw. On to predictions for this <laughs> season slash. Now you're at the <laughs> All right. 
going to be a lot of problems coming up. <laughs> so uh, I like how I like how we have a. What I really like about this uh, kind of cliffhanger of of this episode is the fact that what higher stakes could you have than all right, Victoria's ready to kill Emily? Yes, that sets up a really good episode too. Yeah. And, I mean, they're indicating too by the what we saw in the teaser for ne- that that Victoria is going to be far worse than we could ever imagine. Like she's going to be even more the evil bitch than she ever was before. That's kind yeah. of what they're setting up. Oh, I love how she she, <laughs> she understands like the evil bitch. The bitch is back. Yes. Like how many times did we hear the word bitch in that thirty seconds? I know. Mm, however, I am scared for Victoria's fate, being that. She is going to be exposed. And is it her fate or her free will? It's her fate. Because, well, yeah, because it's not free will. It's her fate, I think. It's her fate. It's her fate. She, I mean, because, you know what, when you play games like this, your fate is pretty much like karma. So you put that bad energy into the world. But I guess it's well. also free will because it has to do with your decisions. But still, I think, like, everyone also has a path, but... Well, here's the cool part. Like, I, Victoria and Emily, to some extent, next episode are going to be playing cat and mouse. Yeah. But then you have Conrad entering because he's, you know, he sees Victoria. And then Victoria introduces herself to society as this. As, yeah, uh, she's back. So how are they explaining that? So does she actually. How are they going to explain that? Does she actually <laughs> introduce herself as. I, I as coming back into the public? Because it seems as though he shows up at her doorstep, Conrad. Shows up at the the cabin, and I feel like Conrad's going to threaten her and say, "If you don't do this, or like he's going to use it to his advantage, I'm going to expose it. You're still alive." No, I, th- I think I think she comes back into. I not think she nec- does. We're assuming from those trailers that she's coming back. Yeah, maybe not the the whole public. But she's but not staying secret. She's no. not. That, that's what I mean. She's not. People are going to know she's back. Yeah, and I, she's alive. I feel like as soon as Conrad knows, the the whole yeah. point is that Conrad can't know, right? That right. that's what essentially. She, why she's hiding out that's why she's pretending to be dead and uh as soon as conrad knows what's the play yeah but anyway whatever the play is we'll certainly so interesting so much to do and i can't wait to see emily's mom and find out more about her it's gonna be interesting that's right it's gonna be awesome either way we will be here next episode and for all the episodes um but until then you guys can of course correspond with us at afterbus tv and uh if you want you can correspond with Gabby at Gabrielle underscore Loren on Twitter and on Facebook at Gabrielle Loren with the number one. And what about you, Catherine? Do we have Twitter yet? No, still not. But you can read it. Where can we read your articles? On. You write so many articles for LA Times, uh, Variety, Washington Post. I'm um, sort of all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Big timer. Yes. <laughs> so, um, thank you guys for joining us this yeah. this week. We'll be back next week. Um, and yeah, see you then. Great. Adios. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.